Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. There's a lot to clean up right now. He's a young quarterback. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Jordan Love, 12 of 23, in that two-minute drill, ends with him skying a pass. 12 of 23 is no bueno. Maybe he was paying respect to Aaron Rodgers by only completing 12 passes. <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. Today's guest, Yahoo Sports columnist Pete Thamel. ESPN NBA analyst Jalen Rose. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All righty, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We are live in Los Angeles, California. I am your humble host. Rich Eisen, again, thus the name on the mug that you see right here on our set on NBC Sports on Peacock, which we're on every single day between 12 and 3, a very self-promotional way to let you know how you can see us every single day. PeacockTV.com is how you can get Peacock for free. We are not behind any paywall. We are free, and you can see us every day after Dan Patrick, riding to Brother from Another. You can listen to us on NBC Sports Audio. We say hello to our radio affiliates across the country. If you're listening to us, streaming us, uh, uh, for free on Odyssey. We say hello to you, too. Good morning, Chris Brockman here in uh, Los Angeles. Good morning, Rich California. Eisen. Good to see you, Mike Del Tufo. Good to see How you, Rich. You? Good, Good to see you over there, TJ Jefferson. How are you, sir? To be honest with you, Rich, I, I ran out of deodorant last night, and I forgot oh. to get some. So if, like the DOC, DOC said, if it gets a little funky in here, it's... Wow. To me and I Didn't apologize. expect that yes, one. That's that what is, we call yeah. a curveball oh, snap. That, well, that was like a Dwight Gooden curveball snap back in my direction. You know, we just want to keep it real with everybody. Rich, I Whoa. thought that was a you know. Garrett Cole curveball. <laughs> little sticky stuff on it. Yeah. It would be just like the Yankees to sign someone at $300 million and then have poof. <laughs> we'll discuss it. We'll discuss it. Garrett, the answer is either yes or no. That's an advance. <laughs> yes or no question. Hey, uh, TJ, have you gone 2-0 and in a, in, in a basketball playoff day yet? Yeah. Have the Sixers and Clippers both won on the same day yet? Yes. Has that happened? It, it has. Okay, yeah. very good. Just, I mean, it didn't way. happen last night, no, no, but, that. It, but, it, but it's happened. Just wondering, because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just trying to figure out if you've been able to go 2-0. That's, that's the conundrum of having more than one team that you root for. I, 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 what's with the air quotes? With it, that? No, it's I not just, that. It's just a nervous tick that I have with my with my fingers. Just, Whenever I talk oh, to somebody who roots for more than one professional foot, uh, it, football team, I or don't one prof- okay, one, or more, more than, than one, one professional baseball team, you do not no. want more than one professional basketball team. I do more than one college football team. There are 150 mm. plus D1 colleges out there, man. Let's talk about your Sixers. 40 from Embiid. Let's just say you can exhale, right? Yeah. Because. 
the idea was you're going to lose him and then the whole the whole season's over. It would have been a wrap. You got, you know, your hands are going to probably be full if you get past the Hawks. Your hands are already full because the Hawks are one of those plucky teams playing with the old house money and they got young guys who can shoot and they just don't have somebody who could keep Embiid off the board to the tune of 39, now 40. And they got Clint Capella. I know that. I know that. That's how good Embiid is playing. That's how well he is playing. That's how good he is. Um, and uh, 40 and 13 last night. Ben Simmons, it would be nice if he uh, you know, stepped up more than the 4-3-7 line. And, um, but good job, man. 118-102. Uh, you could breathe uh, a lot easier right around the mid-third, right around the mid-third quarter. The Hawks tighten things right at half right before half to make things a little bit more nerve-wracking for you. But 6-16, six give Trey Young just only six, uh, six made field goals, 16 shots, and that's those are good numbers. You'll take that. He had 11 assists, and I'd rather see him dish it than yeah, shoot it. They did a good job defending him. Yeah. And um, so I, I think the takeaway is maybe the Sixers needed to be hit in the mouth in game one. This is the best-case scenario for you. Game one, you got hit in the mouth, but you've it, the Sixers – can exhale that Embiid is not a shadow of himself, yeah. that you can lean on him, that he is playing MVP basketball when they need it most. I mean, you're down one game in the playoffs. You've lost game one at home, and uh, you're 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 in it against the team that is believing mm-hmm. and may be too young to not even know what they should know. <laughs> Despite their, you know, veteran hand at the wheel at the at the uh, coach position and Nate McMillan, you know, and uh, and Embiid has shown that he's as strong as ever. You can lean on him, and now uh, now you can go and go take one back from Atlanta, take back home court advantage, and I think um, that was a good good night for the Sixers last night. To I feel good this. about that this series. I just I feel like Sixers are going to take this, and now. Here's the um, – I, I took the Ty Lu approach to you starting the show the way that you did, uh, TJ. Like, I, I turned it – I turned things over to you, <laughs> right? I turned things over to you as the coach. I, I'd say to you, hey, good morning to you, TJ Jefferson, and I let you go. I let you go. I let you run whatever was play was in your mind. Okay? <laughs> You've been at this long enough for me to trust you, right? Okay? True, true. And I should have realized the minute that you went in the direction in which you went – which was talking about your lack of deodorant. I should have fired off a timeout. I should have stopped. I should have reset. I should have drawn up the reset. play myself reset, yeah. as the, the coach here. Yep. And then maybe we would have had a little bit more success starting the show. I think people can so, relate to that. Rich. Last night, last night, uh, the Clippers, well, that was a fun game, man. Yeah, really fun. You could game, tell man. whoever had it last was going to win. And then, of course, whoever had it last didn't. But. <laughs> I think you get the point that it was going to come right down to the final seconds of this game. Even with about a minute and a half to go, it didn't look that way when PG-13 missed a three. You know, which they, the Clippers were in that position. You don't want to be on the road. Gotta have this shot to make it still a two-possession game, right? right? You gotta have the shot to keep it within an opportunity to get a stop and make it a one-possession game. That's the last place you want to be with two minutes to go on the road with a a full crowd, full throat, all these fans there in Utah dressed 
I don't know how they do that, man. Like you're in this section, you dress like this. Remember, the, remember the uh, the uh, the old uh, game show Tattletales? I yep. turn right yes. to you, uh, uh, Del Tufo. I know that you guys Tattletales. don't remember Tattletales. Bert <laughs> Convy hosted Bert it. There was a banana section. There was this section. Yes. There was that section. They were all dressed in the, the color of the, the stars color. that were guessing. You know whether their spouses would say the right answer. Yeah. And how do Utah fans are all dressed like they're all color coded? It was amazing. Well done. And so they're all there. Dwayne Wade's there. His lovely wife, yeah. Gabrielle Union, is there, and they all look... The mailman was there. The mailman was there. It was great. You D- know? D-Wade was bugging me last night, man. Don't be bugged by him. <laughs> Why is part, he bugging he's you? He's part owner of the I know, Jazz. he's part owner, and I love D-Wade, but he's rooting against my team, and I'm starting to get upset. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. Like, guess, he was what? guess what? It, 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 it kind of helps if you're Donovan Mitchell, where you, know, uh, you light it up in the second half, like you've got a stat line for a full game. And you could turn to, you know, the guy there that's there and Dwayne Wade. Hey, Dwayne, you want to huddle up? Is there any rule against that? I know in tennis that would be illegal. But, you know, I mean. He's coaching him. like He's right there. Obviously, Dwayne Wade. Game, great. Like giving him tips. That's great. Let's just put it this way. Not something James Dolan could do. <laughs> wow. Or that it want. Yeah. But, at any rate, it, it's a hell of a scene. And you just don't want to be down two possessions and needing a shot mm. to make it a possible one possession game if you get a stop, and that's when I thought the uh, the Clippers were were cooked. But they make a big shot to make it a three point game, get a stop, get the ball back with a timeout in the pocket. Tyler's like, let's run it, let's run it. And kudos to the to the Jazz man, they were ready to defend the perimeter on the spot. They they met the moment, met the moment. I don't mind a coach saying run it. I trust you guys. Let's run it. Let's run it. I got a timeout in my back pocket. Let's not let them set. We're set. We're set. We're set. We got Kawhi. You know, we got PG-13. We got our we got our spot-up shooters in the corner. You made a point pre-show. Marcus Morris made seven threes in game seven. seven. Yeah, NBA record for Hey, I don't mind him being in the corner. I don't mind Kawhi having to pass the ball to him. I mind that the minute that Kawhi was in trouble and got six seconds to go, I would have run on the court if I was Ty Lue and just slid right on the court and just time, just time out. <laughs> well, it gave us a T. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Fire off the timeout, man. Kind of yeah. easy for me to say in 2020 hindsight, I understand. But the minute that that was not going in the proper direction, the minute that Kawhi had a pass in the corner and I'm seeing the defensive player of the year and Rudy Gobert closing in on my guy. I kind of wish Morse would have jumped into uh, Gobert. I hear you. You know, he he pump faked. What Gobert. a shot that is we have on the screen. Gobert with a big block. That's Dwayne Wade looking right at it, right? Mm-hmm. Look at that. <laughs> right in front of. Probably talking the trash. Wade Union Union. Gobert is so huge. Look how long that dude is. Pause. Jeez. Love it. Great shot. Fans are back. What a scene that was last night. Yeah, Rich, they're, 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 they're giving away those color-coordinated shirts. That's why everyone's, Great. You know. uh, it's impressive. In New York, it'd be like, thanks for I'll wipe yeah, my you-know-what with it. <laughs> please. I'm not putting that on. I'm not putting that on. Not happening. You don't need to yeah, psych exactly. people out with our color schemes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're New Yorkers. That's a difference. <laughs> exactly. Go sit in the old blue seats for that. <laughs> so uh, later on today, uh, we got football in the brain. As well. well, by the way, we'll talk about this with Jalen Rose. Um, top of hour number two. Um and we got uh, football on the mind. Uh, college football, Pete Thamel is going to join us. He wrote yesterday that uh, the NCAA, or the, pardon me, the 
uh, college football playoff committee, it's not the NCAA, whose president, Mark Emmert, is sitting in front of a Senate Commerce Committee right now, and hopefully they are filleting him like, like, like a Sunday barbecue, man. And, um, man, I'm seeing some tweets right now. Apparently, Mark is cracking jokes, which is oh, uh, not going over well. Oh, it's <laughs> great. I always like to crack wise when I'm in front of a U.S. Senate committee that's, that, that thinks that you are uh, garbage. <laughs> at any rate, uh, we'll talk about that with Pete Thamel in a second. He's saying college football playoff committee looking at a 12-team playoff. 12-team college football. As you know, we have been advocating for six or eight. 12 is quite a, a bite at the apple that I wasn't expecting um, but we'll talk about that with Pete in a second. And uh, Ian Rappaport in our number three. And Andrew Brandt, a longtime front office executive in Green Bay. We haven't had him on to decipher what's going on there with Aaron Rodgers in the front office. And part of the reason why we're having Andrew on is because in our number three of this show, we are expecting Packers to stroll off their mandatory minicamp Aaron Rodgers field. And send to a microphone for the very first time, Jordan Love. Mm-mm. Expecting to hear from Jordan Love later on today. Hello. And here's what we're, you know, we're probably going to hear from Jordan Love as well. We should just, hey, I'm, I'm here to do whatever I can for the team. If Aaron is here, then Aaron is here. I, I, I would love for him to be here because he's a great teammate. You know, my opportunity will come. Um, I, I'm, I'm just trying to get better with every rep and no, I haven't really spoken to Aaron. I mean, it's going to be a lot of, you know, uh, awkward questions and we'll hear whatever answers there are. No, I don't have any, you know, problems with Aaron. He's been great to me. This is the sort of stuff that I'm expecting to hear from him. But, uh, Mike Del Tufo. Yes, Rich. I'd like to have you get ready what uh, I think Jordan Love is really thinking. <laughs> right now? Or right now. Hit it, please, Mike wow. Deltufo. Please what hit. were they really thinking? Very early. We were preemptive. Early. What were they thinking? Preemptive. Because I don't think we're going to hear uh, uh, you know, Jordan Love say, you know, Aaron's putting me in a tough spot. But that's what he's maybe deep down really thinking. This is what Jordan Love's going to be thinking when the questions are going to be like, so are you upset with Aaron? You know, like, are what what are, are you ready to take on uh, the, the mantle of this team? Did you, you know, did you expect Aaron to show up? All of those questions that he really can't answer. But what Jordan Love is really sitting there thinking, I believe, and I've only interviewed <laughs> him once, but I believe he will be sitting there and thinking, okay, everybody, did you think I wanted to be in this position? Raise your hand if you think I wanted to be in this position. Bueller, Bueller, that might even be too old of a reference for him, pop culture was. But do you really think I wanted this? I'm a kid from Bakersfield, California. I'm a kid from Bakersfield, California, who was told by my high school football program I could not start as a freshman at quarterback, even though I wanted to. Guess what happened? I was a starter by senior year. I crushed it. And guess what? I was only labeled a two-star recruit, crushing it in my high school. I had a choice of, let me get this right. He won't be thinking that, but I need to just basically say that. He had a choice between Eastern Washington, Northern Arizona, a lot of directionals, Northern Colorado, and Sacramento State and Utah State. I chose Utah State. 
That's what I chose, and I wound up starting by the end of my freshman year, even though I didn't start my freshman year to start. Guess what I did my second year there? I crushed it. 3,567 yards, 32 touchdowns, six interceptions. I was being compared to Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is interesting because at the same time in that year, Patrick Mahomes was crushing it in May in in the National Football League in his first year as starter, to the point where even though Cliff Kingsbury went five and seven in Texas Tech, he was a hot coaching commodity when Texas Tech bounced him. And the reason why I bring all this up is because my college coach at Utah State and Matt Wells was hired by Texas Tech to replace Kingsbury. I lost my coach, I lost my coaching staff, and I lost a lot of my receivers who I was going to throw to in my next year, and I still was sticking around. I had to, but I still was there. And yeah, I had 20 touchdowns and 17 interceptions, but I still felt so damn confident in myself, I said, I'm leaving early. I'm just sitting around, my phone rings. It's the Green Bay Packers. We're trading up to take you. Yeah, and I'm like, hell yeah, great. <laughs> Did you hear what I just went through to get to this point? I got to the point where the Green Bay Packers are calling me on my phone and saying, we're trading up to take you. <laughs> and everybody's thinking, why did you leave Utah State after all of that? I didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> I'm just trying to throw and get better, and I'm reading about Bears fans having a great time on Twitter because everybody's live tweeting the fact that I didn't have a good two-minute drill in my first mandatory minicamp. By the way, this is my first such thing. I didn't have one last year, something called COVID. I didn't ask for any of this, so back off and let me get better. Can you imagine if he says that in hour number three of this program? It would be incredible. And nobody's talking about, I'm, I'm guilty as charged. I'm sitting here saying, get rid of him. Get rid of this guy. Because you, you got Rodgers. You got a goat. You got to go with your goat. You got to mold your plan to your 12, just like Tampa Bay's doing, which is why Aaron Rodgers is partially really pissed off, because he's seen what's going on with Brady. I'm guilty as charged in the media. We're not thinking about Jordan Love. No, that's not his fault. It's not his fault. No. It's not his fault. That like, might be what he's thinking. It's not my fault. It's like the end of Goodwill Hunting, man. It's not his fault. No. So, hour number three should be great. So, so should all three hours. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And we'll talk college football playoffs. Yeah, because this is what's being discussed right now. And this topic fascinates me. There has to be more than what we're seeing with four teams vying for a championship. There are teams that could play themselves in and go on a run and beat Alabama or Clemson or The Ohio State or Oklahoma or Notre Dame. We're seeing the same teams get in the four. Let's expand it, make it more interesting, and go. But 12 teams? I didn't see that one coming. Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports. And then Jalen Rose. Andrew Brandt, formerly of the Packers front office, and Ian Rappaport and you at 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Before we take a break, though, I want to tell you about the white-hot OG line of putters from our friends at Odyssey Golf and Callaway. I love it. I stand over the golf ball. I hold a white-hot OG putter in my hand. I feel more confident. I feel more confident because I just love the way it feels in my hand. I love the way it looks. 
And I also know there's that world-famous urethane insert that golfers everywhere have come to love. It's the White Hot OG line of putters. It is a putting revolution because it's the most iconic, most played, most sought-after putter insert of all time. It is back, and it's in a completely reimagined White Hot original design. The two-ball, the Rossi, the number seven, the rest of the head shapes. Modern upgrades, fine surface milling, ultra-premium look, inspires confidence over the ball. I feel it, you will too. Legendary then, iconic now. See the White Hot OG family of putters today at odysseygolf.com. That's odysseygolf.com. We are back with Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports to talk college football playoffs and more in a moment. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We sent you this uh, song that we kind of created based <laughs> off of Nick Saban. He stepped to the podium. This is when was this? November, December? Chris was right around there. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, no. yeah. Early November. Yeah, he steps to the podium and he starts talking about how somebody who strolled past coming to the podium, they just had torn up jeans, ripped up jeans, holes in them. And I heard it and I said, you know what? If we set that to music, it sounds like a country music song. We figured, you know what? Uh, since you are an award winner, you are. As good as they come, man. You are, Trace. Don't worry. You're so humble. Let me talk about that. Well, we, so we figured, uh, we wrote the lyrics out. We wrote his soliloquy out for you, right? Do we have the, yeah. the lyrics there? Yeah, right? got, okay, got you got it right there. And, but, okay. We can, anyway. No, no, no. Set it up however you wish. You got your own way of doing it. Here we go. Trace Atkins, everyone, on The Rich Eisen Show, doing Nick Saban's How Do We Get Here. I guess I just want to know how we got here. Not to offend anybody out there, but I just walked by some jeans, wore out jeans with holes in them all cut up. I just remember when I was a kid in West Virginia, I was ashamed to go to school because my jeans were wore out, only because we didn't have any better. Now they buy them that way, and I just want to know, how did we get here? Tell me how did we get here? Don't understand these kids these days. 
Yes, I never will. Somebody please, please tell me. How did we get here? People, how did we get here? Is that... I, yeah, you know what? I, somebody just, my manager just a few minutes ago showed me mm-hmm. the new laminate that we have for our tour this year. Because yes. we were trying, we, were, we didn't know what we were going to call this tour this year. So, I hope there's no copyright infringement. <laughs> my tour this year is going to be the How Did We Get Here Tour. Yes! <laughs> How come we never got a laminate for that? We should have gotten a laminate for that. They must exist, right? Can we? Hey, call they've got to be somewhere. Out? We can probably call. You get a laminate for that. Yeah, yeah, and I certainly since now, now, I mean, we and and we could name more tours because Nick's going to be doing more podium thumping. I oh, yeah. uh, press conferences Bro, all the yeah, way through yeah. to 2027. 2029. 2029. My bad. I never know. Uh, we're back here on the Rich Eisen <laughs> Show as a one big simulcast network right here on NBC Sports on Peacock, which you can get for free at PeacockTV.com. Also on this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate or streamer or satellite station. And um, his uh, report about the college football playoffs being expanded, and it's real and it could be spectacular, uh, (laughs) certainly got my attention. And I didn't even know that when he'd be calling into the show that NCAA President Mark Emmert would be turning the Senate Commerce Committee into a two-drink minimum laugh fest. Who knew that? (laughs) Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports joining us once again here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Pete? I'm good. Uh, the call to go on your show saved me from watching Ted Cruz uh, take uh, take issue with transgender. Then say stance on transgender. Is that really uh, what's athlete. happening? Right? Is that really what's that happening? That was that was actually he butted in and just diverted everything to the transgender issue. And my phone rang, and I was like, "This is a good time to hit mute because that is like classic political grandstanding." Because from, uh, from the top rope. So, um, yes, it has been a it has been a good nap inducing afternoon in the uh, Senate Commerce Chamber. So let's talk about this uh, college football playoff expansion idea and where it is going. Because the number twelve, um, by the way, speaking of which, Tom Brady is speaking right now, and we'll get that sound for you, as they say in the business shortly. Um, that uh, twelve is not the number that I would have seen coming. Pete, what's going on with this possibility here? So. The, the history of college football's postseason, Rich, is a series of uh, nonsensical compromises, right? It would be logical for this to go to eight in, in, the next, uh, in the next iteration. But you have to understand the compromises that got it to four. And where we are right now is an uneasy truce between the SEC, Notre Dame, and everybody else. Uh, in theory, going from four to eight – you go from four at-large bids to only either two or three at-large bids. And for those who have thrived off of at-large bids and have an advantage because of the at-large bid situation, don't want, in theory, less potential access. So, and the notion of having eight at-large is not appealing to the Pac-12, especially, which is floundering, the Big 12, which is occasionally floundering, and the ACC, which is one Clemson misstep away from floundering. So, uh, and obviously, the whole group of five wouldn't 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 buy for that. They want some sort of seat at the uh, at the table. So what has happened? And again, this all has not even been presented yet to be voted on. But mm-hmm. what has happened in the back channels and the conversations and the whispers on all sides of the industry is that twelve, 
with six automatic bids, we assume, and then six at-large bids becomes more palatable to everyone because it gives the access you want. It gives the, for the other leagues, it gives the increased access that the power leagues would want. Um, we can throw the big 10 in there and the, the truce comes with more at large access for everybody. So it, it doesn't make sense on the surface, but when you drill down and you go through all the competing agendas, cause nobody's sitting at the table, Rich saying what's best for the game, <laughs> what's best for the sport. They're saying, how do we keep our slice of the cookie? And this is the way that everybody gets to still eat. Well, I mean, obviously this is about money because uh, we on this show, and I even go way back to my Sports Center days where I put out on a Sports Center 2 a.m. show, and I, re- I spent hours researching it and looking it up and, and putting a piece together for a 16-team playoff. And this is now 20 years ago. Where I went 16, mm-hmm. and I would use existing bowl games and their sites as the sites for, um, you know, quarterfinal games, and you know, top seeds would actually use their home stadiums to host to start off uh, a, a tournament. So I've been pounding the table, and it's got to be money trumping all of it because I don't hear the usual uh, old saws as to why something like this can happen. That it would a ruin the bowl season, b it would also. Uh, destroy the win all or nothing attitude or sensibilities of every single week in college football. See, it would also remove the student athletes from the classroom. Like, when are they going to take their finals? I would even hear that. Like, you know, what, you know, uh, now, and now you're hearing, uh, you know, coaches say, well, we're playing 16, 17 games like a professional schedule. These guys are wiped out. There's no concern about that right now, is there? Well, there will be concern about that, Rich. I, I, th- I do think that is probably the biggest obstacle to, to this steep of an expansion. Uh, health, health and safety, player health and safety. The, the counter to that is, say, let's just use the, orange, the metaphorical Orange Bowl as an example. Well, yes. if you want a kid to play his 15th, 16th, 17th game in the Orange Bowl, can the Orange Bowl give a thousand dollar appearance fee for every player or do they have an autograph session and if it's some metaphorical Tua or Joe Burrow or some transcendent star did they get ten thousand dollars is there some monetary incentive um, as Congress is discussing name image and likeness as we're on the air here is there some sort of monetary advantage that may make the risk more palatable I, I think that's going to inherently come up um, it will be interesting to see what the voice of the athlete is. Um, yeah, there's myriad reasons why this is going to happen. Money being primary, I'm certainly not naive for that. Right. Um, 12 is more money. Uh, it's 11 games. There are three postseason games right now. There are seven games within the postseason contract. What this does is you don't have the Cotton Bowl where Kyle Pitts and every receiver with a pulse on Florida bails out for health and safety. I'm not knocking them for bailing out, mind you. That, yes. That's a very wise business decision. Um, you have a Cotton Bowl where Florida's playing a game that's a playoff game with some juice, and Kyle Pitts and company are probably going to play in it. So it, it, it's interesting to see how in just a decade the conversation has, a, has, has evolved. I mean, they wouldn't even say the word playoff a decade ago. They had to call the proposal a plus one mm-hmm. when it got shot down. Mm-hmm. And now – um, there's a very good chance that uh, that an anchor get you know that the an anchor, that they grow and grow exponentially here. 
Pete Thamel, Yahoo Sports reporter here on the Rich Eisen Show. So uh, the idea for, you know, 12 or 10, right, would be uh, every major conference, if you will, gets an automatic bid. Thus, the conference championship games would not be uh, neutered, right? So everybody would still have a conference championship game where the winner of that game gets an automatic bid and the regular season play would potentially get somebody an at-large bid if a committee gets into a room and figures out who the what. Uh, if it's 10 teams or 12 teams, you could figure out who gets a buy. And then if it's 12, if it's 10, if it's 12, you just put them all in a hopper, one versus 12 and go with what? Uh, what would be the split of at-large versus automatic bids and things like that, Pete? So the, the presumption now is that you go six automatic, Six at large, and who gets the automatic? Get a buy. You go home site. Um, I guess it would be. I went to Syracuse, so I'm not good at math. Rich, mm. five <laughs> plays twelve, and then you just kind of divvy it up. Uh, five hosts twelve, I guess you right. could say. And then you uh, and then you divvy it up. Uh, you you divvy it up that way. Okay, who would get the automatic bids? Who uh, just the? So it would be the Power Five, and then one from the the rest of the crew. Uh, the AAC certainly. Performance-wise, has has justified that they would probably be the leader in the clubhouse to get that every year. Um, it would be intriguing if it would be fun, quite frankly, and this is probably not based in reality. If the Cincinnati could play Boise instead of Cincinnati playing, you know, UCF or Tulane or whoever in the AAC title game. It, it, one interesting byproduct of this that I don't think gets enough attention is that it also juices up all these leagues are about to go to market in the uh, in the next four or five years. Mm-hmm. And this makes the conference championships games more compelling because they are playing games. Now, I mean there have been some uh, there have been some Pac twelve title games that have rated about as well as these C SPAN hearings are rating. Um, because they didn't really have any meaning because they knew the Pac twelve wasn't going to have a champion in the playoff. Well, if you've got a Oregon season Oregon team that's on a late run or a Utah team or a USC team or whoever that game inherently is going to have more meaning because you are going to be an entrant into the playoff. It, it certainly that the sanctity of the regular season we heard ad nauseum for decades was going to be um, was going to be the reason why we couldn't have a playoff. But in reality, when you go to this size, the, the regular season race still has a whole lot of meaning, and the conference title games collectively have more meaning. What are the odds, Pete Thamel, that we could actually utilize this to go, you know, uh, back end of the season on down to the beginning of a season and deal with scheduling and the fact that, you know, there's a there's a, a warm-up for the uh, Iron Bowl game that Alabama plays, you know, or who's scheduled non-conference before a conference season begins where you get fewer conference games maybe, more uniform non-conference games amongst the Power Five and then you could uh, maybe even reduce the number of games played before a playoff in a conference schedule and a non-conference schedule. A regular season schedule gets truncated in a way to, to, to actually get some uniformity here and some sanity and some understanding for fans to know what to expect out of everybody's schedule. What about that idea? Is that totally a total what, what fantasy? What fun would uniformity and sanity be? I mean, then it would be like not college athletics, right? You have to be completely not based in reality. Well, you know. In theory, the schedule is a problem, yeah. and the schedule is going to have to be adjusted. Right. Uh, uniformity, certainly anyone with any common sense has, uh, you know, has, has said, well, we should probably get a little, bit of, a little bit of uniformity. But there's another counter to that, too. It's like, well, the SEC plays eight 
conference games. The Pac-12 plays nine. Well, you're going to get your bids from your league title games. So keep playing the way you uh, keep playing the way you want to play. I think the schedule. It would be smart to shorten the schedule in some way um, to allow for these games on the back end. Here's the problem. Money dictates all these decisions, right. and then we'll hear a lot about health and safety, student athletes. We'll hear a lot about a lot, but full stadiums and TV inventory dictate major decisions in college athletics. Always have, always will, Rich. And I just have a hard time seeing collectively college athletics say, "Oh, let's play eleven games," because that's just slicing money out. And we rarely see decisions that cost money. We only see decisions that add money. Um, to week zero, our friend week zero, which is sort of the flotsam and jetsam geographic outlier, Illinois versus, uh, who is it, is the big week zero game, quote-unquote big week zero game this year. Oh, Illinois-Nebraska. That's probably the best week zero game on paper this year. Um, and then there's a half dozen other games Hawaii usually plays in it, uh, et cetera. Maybe that now becomes more commonplace. Now, we've had a couple marquee games there over the years. I want to say Florida played Miami last year, but maybe you, you move things up a little bit. The NFL expanding its schedule doesn't help the calculus for college athletics because now you're running up against week 17. The wild card weekend, there's not that many games, so that helps. So, you know, the NFL always looms amid the scheduling decisions here because everyone knows where the, where the eyeballs are going to go. You, you know, college football is not going to compete with the NFL. It's just not a it's not a smart business choice. So, so, so I guess um, what? yeah, there's a, there's there are a lot of complexities as you know the changing the fundamental dynamics of any multi billion dollar sporting entity. Sure, you know, right. So, time frame it for me, Pete. As I uh, as we uh, we put a button on this conversation, what's the time frame? For something like this. So what we do know, well, do you want the time frame of how they're going to make the decision or when we'll actually see it in, in college? Athletics? How about both? I want to, I want everything, oh. Pete. I want it all. So we should have a really good understanding of the model that will be debated. So they're going to come out of a series of two meetings of which I won't bore you with the jargon bill names of them yes. in the next couple of weeks. There will be a model that rises, and then that model is going to be debated for a few months. I would think by Thanksgiving we have a press release. But we're going to have a really good sense by the end of the month of is it 12, is it 8? 12 is the favorite right now in the clubhouse. And maybe maybe people vote status quo, but that would be voting for monetary status quo. Um, and then the thing we know most definitively, Rich, is that Bill Hancock has said we will not see changes for the next two seasons. So the 21 season, the 22 season will look like it is look like. Um, we're, I believe, seven years through a 12-year deal right now. And so the, the last couple of years of that deal is where we could end up seeing this, uh, seeing these potential wholesale changes. Well, I hope they do something. I, I really I really do because, you know, yeah. this um, – I, I would have loved to have seen Cincinnati maybe get a shot last year, right? Oh. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm oh. serious. Like even Coastal Carolina getting in as the lowest seed, oh. they might have gotten spanked by Alabama. But at yeah. least, at least it's it's something that you know you, I, I'd like to see something like that. I really would like to see it and play it out and have my kids put brackets on the wall just like they do in March. I think it would be off the charts. I think people would love it. Love it. Couldn't be- agree more. Couldn't agree more. Access opportunity. Where the sports in a little bit of a rut at the high end, right? And. That some of it is Nick Saban's brilliance and, you know, Dabo's hot streak here and, you know, what Urban and Ryan Day were able to do at Ohio State. Sorry, I had to bring that up, Rich. It's all good, Pete. But, um, you know, there, there, is, there is a little bit of just the blahs, and this would just inject 
a whole new energy into the postseason, and I, I think generally be really good for the sport. I just hope they really keep the player, the athlete in mind. No, I, I agree, Pete, because, you know, I'd love to get some sort of variety here uh, as opposed to now with Nick Saban being signed through 2029 that there is a fourth grader strolling around the planet right now knowing that if he plays his cards right, he can be one of the teams in the final game uh, for Nick Saban's final year. Like, literally, that's just the way it goes. That's, Nick uh, is I, watching his peewee film right now. Actually. True. I, I'm, I'm seriously, my, my son's 10. Like, if he plays his cards right by the time he's 19, who knows? Maybe he could be out yeah, there. Those, those those genetics are strong too. I think he's got a good chance. Well, I, I just I, I don't know how many members of the tribe play for the Crimson Tide off the top of my head right now, but you know anything's possible. Why not him? He's a young Derrick Henry. That's <laughs> thanks for the call, Pete. I appreciate it as always. You go go back to your C-SPAN now. I'm sorry, you must go back. <laughs> Thank you, Rich. You got it's Pete Thamel, everybody of Yahoo Sports. I just it's just getting too pat. It really is, man. Somebody's got to play their, like, who's, last year's a perfect example. A perfect example. Florida with all those guys that were playing. I know that they lost too many SEC games to be considered. But don't you think Florida, like, last year, Florida, Cincinnati, who else got left out on the outside looking? And we're not thinking off the top of our head. Was it BYU? Well, I mean, it was that BYU Coastal Carolina game. Well, they that played went each down. other that basically would have been right. You know right, what I mean? Right, but right, right. I, you know, I know Georgia always thinks that they should have a chance because the SEC it just means more for them, right? Northwestern was playing pretty damn strong, but I know let's not talk about them. Last year maybe is a very difficult year anyway due to COVID and who was in and who was out and who didn't have the number of games and who didn't. And I understand eight. You know who's complaining about eight? Eight teams. That's Notre Dame. Just join a conference already. I mean, we're join a conference already. You already play. Go? You already play half the Big Ten. Last year you joined the ACC due to COVID. I mean, exactly. Just join a conference. Where NBC. Is- NBC will still broadcast all your home games. They will. If Where you make go? that deal, if you make that deal, like you join a conference so you can get the automatic bid, your road games are on the conference's, you know, network of choice, and your home games stay with NBC. But where do they the conference go? Gets exactly. The What's ACC? the best conference yeah. for them to join? Well, the, Big Ten. the Big Ten. Big Ten. Big, Big Ten. Ten. No, there's too much competition. Too much. Yeah, they need to win. Then go to the ACC, where there's as 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 well, as Thamel talks no, about. No, they don't care about one the Clemson stumble away from being irrelevant. They don't care about the competition as much as you think. Uh, no, huh. you guys are both jaded Big, against Big Twelve. Them. Big Twelve is the way to they go. They play a good schedule, but they the Big Twelve would be Big Twelve because they're I'm just competing against the Oklahoma. They're not going to the Big Twelve. It makes the, no sense. They should join the MAC then. Ooh. Well, they're not going to do that either. But they so go, they'll, be the, they'll rule the, the Mac. I mean, they easily go undefeated. But the, in Mac, the Mac might not with be all due respect. Mac, Mac might, might not be the one team that gets the automatic bid. But then if yeah. it goes to twelve, they'll have By an at large easy. Could you imagine the Big Five, Power Five, get the automatic bid, and then there's one automatic bid up for grabs? Could you uh, relegate that one? <laughs> where where you know top to bottom, yeah. your your team's records, yes allow you to be the ones to get that automatic bid because you that's it you know what i mean and then (laughs) the next year you're relegated yep you don't get that bid that the power five get their automatics 
It's kind of like the Super League. <laughs> power yeah. Fives get their automatics. College football is a Super League. I mean, well, it really big is. Five, it big Power Five get their automatics, and then the other ones, the AAC, the MAC, they keep going on and on and on. You can play your way in to get your automatic bid. And if the teams do well. But next year, you're relegated. Sorry, you're oh, now back oh. in the mix of having to be at large. Ooh. Good luck. That's fun. It's a little too progressive too for the it's, it's like, for the geez, they can't even figure out how to tie their own shoes without making right. sure ESPN or CBS is fine with it. By the way, I am looking Fox. at the Alabama roster, Rich. <laughs> Hollenbach, is that a... That, that a, sounds, that that sounds likely. That sounds yeah, tribal. That Stone, yes. His name is Stone Hollenbach. He's a quarterback That's nah, not Stone. No. Forget it. Stone. He's a quarterback? He's a quarterback. The Jews don't make quarterbacks other than Josh Rosen very well, and they certainly don't name him Stone. You know, there's Man, not. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I'm seriously. I I don't think there's many else, members of the tribe got? named Stone. I don't know. I'm, Keep going. I'm, Keep going. No, I'm. I'm looking. I'm going. It's, really? There's, That's it. Come on. There may there's, not be. There's that much. Robbie Oots. Robbie maybe. Robbie Oots. How do you spell Oots? O u z t s. O u z t s. My God, I feel like I should close my left eye and see if I could read it in small print. <laughs> what about the Charlie Skihan? Is that close? S k e h a n. S K what? S K E H A N. Is that close? No. no. All right, Rich. I mean, I mean, case in point. It's got to be a first. They can yeah. play Friday night. Uh... Cooper wants to go to Michigan anyway. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a Javion Cohen. Oh, that's it. Oh, oh God, that's it. Know, as you know, we've had Tariq on and asked him about you know eating deli food. He had no idea what we were talking about. We'll take a break. We'll come back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Tom Brady speaking. Oh, baby. And Garrett Cole's talking. (laughs) Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. My social media grandmaster, TJ Jefferson, pointed out, have you, TJ, you've noticed what uh, on college basketball courts these days? Shorts are getting yeah. a lot shorter. You guys fought for long shorts, right, as the Fab Five. But now these guys are wearing, like, you know, shorts right. that are, like, bike right. shorts. Like, what do you think yeah. about that? Yeah. Man? Yeah, I'm not a fan, man. I, I, when <laughs> I first saw it was back when I was an assistant coach with the Miami Heat, and we it was summer league, and we were in Vegas, and uh, – um, I forgot which player it was, and I, I said I put him to the side, you know, right before the game. And Chris Quinn was there with me, <laughs> and Chris Quinn was assistant coach with the Heat. And I, I said to him, I said, "Man, you know what, bro? I forgot the kid name." I said, "Well, man, you know what? You're just stomping on the legacy." <laughs> and I said, he was like looking at me like, "What? What is he talking about?" I said, "You're just killing my our legacy." And 
I said, well, I'm going to go ahead and elaborate. I said, I was a part of a team, and we fought so hard. And it was a college team I'm speaking of. We fought so hard to get longer shorts because we saw guys like Michael Jordan wearing longer shorts with the NBA. And we saw UNLV with Larry Johnson and Stacey Augman. They ran some nice, you know, long shorts. I was like, yo, we fought so hard for it. And, and then now, you know, like – but I'm seeing you rolling your shorts up and you know, you're showing all your thighs. And, you Thigh know, meat, Juwan. I said, I'm like, come on, bro. You're just killing the legs. <laughs> I said, I said we, and then knowing that, I said, we got beat up for it too. Like the media killed us for those long shorts and black socks. Right. And now. They said we look like playground kids. Now look at this. The progress cannot be rolled back, Juwan. We've got to, on this show, we will stand in unison with you and the Fab Five legacy. We cannot see more thigh meat nah. in college basketball. I want my shorts no. to touch my knee. I want my shorts touching right. my knees. Right. Yes. Right. I mean, I'm not trying, like, I don't want to see guys, man, with their shorts all rolled all the way up, you yeah. know, and you see all their thighs and you see the tattoos on their thighs. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> no. it's like, a, you know, I understand the time change and style changes and all that, but that's one of them I'm not with. I don't, I can't fight for that one. And then I don't wear white <laughs> socks. I wear all black socks. Of course. Juwan, look. You know, coach, all the white socks people gave me, I just give them away to charity. That's it. Out the door. <laughs> At least it goes to something good. And, and, and we, you, you have to stand for something. And this is what we all stand for. And we cannot have the, uh, the, the, the too much leg showing. You know, and and I, I appreciate you <laughs> understanding that I'm using quality real estate with a top five uh, ranked head coach in the uh, in, in college basketball on this very important subject. All right, that was fun. We're saying that up for Jalen Rose. I'm going to give you the real estate, TJ, to ask the same question about the thigh meat, as you put it. The thigh meat, yeah, Coming a whole up. lot of them. Eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial here on this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate. Jalen Rose will be joining us coming up in about eleven minutes time to talk about the NBA playoffs. Andrew Brandt after him, longtime Packers front office executive. Jordan Love's going to be speaking later on in hour number three. That's when Ian Rappaport will be calling in and we'll collect all the sound bites possible. Tom Brady spoke while I was talking to Pete Thamel, right? Tom Brady was out well, there with this gigantic water bottle. People are tweeting about. What do you mean? <laughs> like. It, you know, Tom Brady famously drinks a lot of water. A lot I know, of electrolytes. We, should. we all should. We all should, really. Uh, we all have to. You just like reminded Tom. me. All right, but he's good. got this gigantic thing, and he took a sip during the interview, during the Zoom session. People, big. you know, freeze framed it and are commenting about how. But big is it, it like? Is it like a mini, like uh, water cooler it, type bottle that you'd put upside it, down? It's and it one would... of those. It's silver. It looks like it's a full gallon. Like he's just going for it. You got it, man. Gotta take care of things. Look it's gonna like, be forty-four. Look like Tom, dude. He doesn't play like he's forty. No, <laughs> no. He's out there today, winging the ball around. Like, I mean, he. God just had knee surgery. He looks good, doesn't he? He looks amazing. He threw one to Scotty Miller, just like the one in the NFC Championship game. And uh, Arian said, uh, "Looks like old times, right? Something like that." Deja yeah, vu. Deja vu all over again. They're having fun. I mean. I'm just wondering this because again, I, they they were separate. We had Jason Light on. We had Bruce Arians on. And, you know, Brady's having fun at Roger's expense, you know, telling him, telling Bryson DeChambeau, don't get used to laying up because, you know, don't, 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 don't go, don't expect to go for it with Aaron Rodgers on your team. They're playing this up, don't you think? Oh, yeah. They're playing up their oh, victory, yeah. but they're playing up, yeah, Green Bay. Yeah, oh, the way that you deal with your 12, like they're, you know, they're, 
They're very. I ask the questions, and they're terrific to answer in in light and Arians. But they're both like, yeah, you know. I text uh, Tom like, hey, what do you think of Gio Bernard? Says Jason Light, and then Bruce Arians is like, yeah, I, I texted Tom like, hey, what do you think of these receivers we're looking at in the draft? You know, you think- just trying to evaluate your evaluating skills, and it's just like, you know, it's very passive. But do it you might think this is part of their you. personality? Like, this oh, is course. just who they are, or? They are. This is deliberate. This is a calculated thing to kind of take some shots at these other teams who are having a little quarterback run. I don't think it's deliberate. I really feel like it's the perfect marriage of coach, front office, and player. Arians has been waiting his whole life, his whole football life, to have this moment happen for him where his no-risk-it-no-biscuit attitude permeates everything but it doesn't have to permeate absolutely everything because he's got a goat with his own mentality that raises everybody else's game as his on-field conduit. And it took 12 weeks for it to find its... um, It took a while. It took 12 weeks for it to find its happy place. Well, no no off-season. They were doing it in real time. Dude... Don't forget week one, Brady, when he threw that pick six in New Orleans, uh, and he also threw that interception over the middle that Mike Evans apparently caused. And after the game, Arians is like, yeah, that's not on Mike, that's on Tom. Everyone goes to Tom like, hey, your coach said it's on you. And like, we're like, Brady's not going to be able to handle it. Favre was even like, that's not Brady. Brady's not going to like that. Yeah, And that's all we were talking about. And then Brady forgot how many downs there were and – and and the offense wasn't clicking, and it's like, is he comfortable in it? Can he throw it deep? Can he not? Like, is this working? Is it not? And that's, you know, what we do in the NFL media is we wring our hands yep. until we get an answer, and sometimes it takes a while for you to get an answer, and then all of a sudden, boom, after they got hit totally in the mouth by Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs of all people and teams, it turned. And now they're sitting back, and they're like, yeah, we tell Tom what we, you know, we keep him up to speed. We do things that no other team does with their quarterback. He's going to be doing more coaching than anything else, says the coach who just won the Super Bowl of his quarterback, who then comes in with his uh, surgically repaired knee and is thrown deep to Scotty Miller. Like, they didn't take a single time, a second off. Now, look, banner gets raised. Cowboys come out of the tunnel. In less than 100 days, and it's now going to all be on the line. We'll have to see him do it again. And if they do it again, it would be stupid is the only way to put it. Just stupid. 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 Totally stupid. But we can't sit here and say stupid isn't going to happen. No, stupid is as stupid does. Thank you, sir. And life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Rich, last year when you get Tom Brady. Last year when Bruce Arians called in, you asked him in the middle of the season when he thought Tom would be comfortable in the office. He said this year. So is it really going to be that stupid for them to win this year? No, it I mean, could be. very well. Well, run it back, Chiefs, Bucks, Super Bowl. Let's do it again. Yeah, I'm I know in. Bills fans would say something different. Same with the Browns. Nobody's talking about the Browns. Everybody is sleeping on the Cleveland Browns. I think every team's fans, other than those two teams, what you just said. I don't speak for everybody, obviously. <laughs> Dallas is Jalen Rose coming up, and, uh, and then Andrew Brand after him. Oh, yeah, Jay Rose from the Worldwide Leader in Sports, Jalen and Jacoby and Moore coming up next. Dallas. I mean, Tom Brady, just looking at his game log from last year. Okay, Since the loss, 
after the loss to KC, where they were wondering if they're going to figure it and out. And then they took. A, then there was a buy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they lost to Kansas City. Yes, they had a buy after. And then that. they had a buy. They had a buy. So after that, Tom Brady threw twenty touchdowns and only four picks. Well, he had a, a day and a half against Detroit, right? In just three quarters. Yep. Who he else had a did, perfect passer rating. He that torched. Day. Who else did he torch? He torched Atlanta in yep. the final week of the season. And then went into the playoffs and was just... Lights out. Lights out. I Man, mean, everyone points to the three picks against Green Bay, but two of those were tip balls. Like I know that, but the Green Bay defense kept giving the ball back to Rodgers, and that's, they yeah. could never get the lead. Right. They could never get the lead. That touchdown before the end of the first half was Game the backbreaker. It was, but Green Bay had an opportunity on offense to get back yeah. in that game. They kind of ish got back in the game and got yeah. down and and then out trots yeah. Mason Crosby. They had a shot. But and but then Tom it Brady all goes sideways. Touchdowns at age forty three. It's insane. Fifty five zero, including the playoffs. See, this is an amazing thing, and I'll just kind of do my best in the minute I have left to try and bring it all here about windows of opportunity in the NFL. This is a perfect example that you've got to take advantage of your window of opportunity in the NFL. And Rodgers is like, my window is here in Green Bay, and you're the one closing it on me right now. And I'm going to try and find my other window of opportunity, just like Tom Brady, because his window of opportunity will never close because he refuses to close it, and neither does his body. Like, everybody thinks the window of opportunity, you've got to win now at Rodgers' age because it's going to close in just a couple of years. And here's Brady saying, I'll do it till I'm 44. And Rodgers is now drinking the water like him. And thinking he could do it for another four, five, six years. But still, it still is just a game where you still must take advantage of it when you have it. And when you've got your GOAT quarterback on fourth and goal right where you do, you take him off the field. And we're now wondering, is that the last best window of opportunity for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Certainly, if he's sitting there thinking his window of opportunity still has more years left than you think. Certainly Gutekunst when he trades up to get Jordan Love. Still got to take advantage of it, unless you're Brady, because nothing else conventional in the NFL applies to him or the team that he's on.